0: To the next episode. That that's the kind of transition I do for the endings.
1: Uh okay. Was this Live Long and Prosper Bullshit?
0: Oh, I'm just using words examples. I mean I never said that in actuality. Oh
1: okay. It was <laughs> like that's a weird intro and outro. It's like blessings be upon you. <laughs> it's like uh okay.
0: Yeah. yeah, I don't know any Zoroastrian greetings.
1: May you always be eaten by birds. <laughs> And we always burn you because why don't they just burn you then you know what? This is neither the time or the place. Why don't they just eat you? Why do you need birds to eat you?
0: Um, because in these orestrian scriptures they don't bury their dead because that pollutes the earth. Same thing for burial at sea. That would be polluting okay. the sea.
1: Here here's the thing. When birds eat you, they shit. You know where they shit? The earth.
0: And um, you know what shit turns into when they're in their soil? Grass.
1: <laughs> so you eat the person you shit them out cannibalism that's the solution
0: doesn't work that way bro
1: This is the Internet's Worst Gaming Podcast. Once again, I am your host, slash chief editor, slash writer, slash producer, slash director, slash slash, Loki Jarson. And with me here again today is my in real life brother, who doesn't like to use his real life name. So I call him Thomas or Lord Master, as he's known on YouTube. Hello there. Uh, Nice having you back. I promise this episode will not be two hours long. Yes. I will also promise there will be no Crusader Kings today. <laughs> uh, other than that, what, what, are you, what did you, you approach me again on recording a new show? What do you want to talk about? What are the topics?
0: As of recently, I've been active on a couple of different games other than Crusader Kings, which I'm still active in, but some of the other ones. Um, as of recently, um, there's about three games um, that are most relevant as of this time. The first one will start off with castle of the winds
1: that one you've briefly mentioned before that's like the 1992 rpg or is that the other one
0: uh that was the other one that was uh oh god i'm gonna hate myself for now remembering the name uh oh the palace of deceit a dragon's plight from oh, 1992
1: it's a very generic name and of course it can't be bothered to remember
0: yeah that was cliffy b that made that game
1: okay and this other one is
0: um yeah, Castle of the Winds, also known as Castle of the Winds, Vanquish the Dark Forces. Um, It's a tile-based roguelike video game for Microsoft Windows. Um, It was developed by Rick Sada in 1989. Never heard of him. Um, never heard of Rick Sada? No. And it says, and distributed by Epic Mega Games in 1993.
1: So the same company.
0: Yeah, this, that's Epic Games, right? Epic Games Inc. Oh. So, again, it, it says two release dates, one from 89 and the other one's from 92, but the version I currently play on is from 93. So this is the Epic Mega Games thing. And the game was given around 1998 into the public domain and provided as a freeware download by the author. Though it is secondary to its hackage slash gameplay, Castle of Winds has a plot loosely based on Norse mythology told with setting changes, unique items, and occasional passages of text
1: and why are you and why i'm going to interrupt your wikipedia reading here why are you playing it and what brought you to this game
0: uh. i was looking for old games that i used to play when i was little like say late 90s early 2000s i mean around the same time as the older game consoles we used to play
1: um, we had a lot of freeware games on the pc yes
0: yes a lot of freeware and shareware um there was a, a collection of a thousand plus games we used to have a cd software And this was one of the many.
1: I don't remember this at all. Uh, Probably because I would have looked at it and said, this is boring as heck, let's go play Micro Man.
0: I mean, it's in there somewhere. Um, But again, it's a roguelike game, uh, secondary to hack and slash. Um, But the game composed of two parts, two episodes, if you will, which I'm currently doing a series on that on YouTube, currently on hiatus, but we'll get back into it soon. I already did part one, which is called A Question of Vengeance, which is released as Shareware, and the, and the second, currently on hiatus, episode I'm doing, which the second part is called Nithran Seer's Bane, uh, which is sold commercially. A combined license for both parts was also sold.
1: Okay, you really don't need to be reading the Wikipedia article on this to describe the game. Please describe what you actually do in the game.
0: Well, I told you it's a uh, roguelike. You're familiar with that uh subgenre, right?
1: Sure, but you can do that in a lot of different uh, interfaces. What's the interface?
0: As far as the gameplay, but uh, the Castle of Winds, unlike some of the other roguelikes, they said it differs most of them in a number of ways. I mean, the interface is mouse-dependent, but supports keyboard shortcuts. But I just use mouse all the dang time, anyhow. And it also, you get to restore saved games after dying, anyhow.
1: it's not a real roguelike.
0: Or it's roguelike-like. It's
1: roguelite, L-I-T-E.
0: Hmm. Uh, Yeah, that term actually exists. Um, Yeah, the game favors the, you know, the use of magic in combat, as spells are the only weapons that work from a distance, and then you have your melee weapons, Um, and, uh, and you can gain a spell with each time you level up your experience level.
1: I'm going to assume, though, that this is not, like, in first-person view.
0: Oh, no, it says it's, uh, tile-based.
1: Like, top-down, like Quenzar's Caverns?
0: Yes, uh, which Quenzar's Caverns, by the way, that's actually the very first, um, RPG game I've ever played. Which, by the way, it seems my most, uh, no, not most, first exposure towards RPGs were roguelikes. Long before I even knew what that term is.
1: Yeah, we didn't really know either. And to be fair, it was one of those things that I just had no interest in whatsoever. Uh, most, mostly because it was so much friggin' reading.
0: Yeah, and the reading, and you probably don't like the idea of one life.
1: No. See, I like Dark Souls, you know, and games that are similar to that. But it's not a permadeath. That, that's always been my issue with, like, survival games that are... You know, stupid little indie games. It's like, okay, you die. Well, you're done. You start over from the beginning. Like, I that's not fun. Who finds that fun? Well,
0: apparently I do, especially, you know, <laughs> me being in character when I...
1: Well, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. You're not playing this for your fun. You're recording it for... Entertainment. YouTube. Yeah.
0: Especially that I act in my, well... How I act like in some of the other videos, except for Consider King's, that I'm obviously more serious in. Um, if,
1: if you if you were not recording for YouTube, would you play Castle of the Winds just on your own?
0: Well, I did it once, and that was practice before I got to recording.
1: I know, but for funsies.
0: Oh no, it's a real pain in the ass, actually.
1: <laughs> That's what I want to hear.
0: Uh, again, uh, yeah, these spells can be learned each time you level up, and they do have opposing pairs of elements you know cold versus fire lightning versus acid slash poison and it's divided into six categories attack defense healing movement divination and miscellaneous and of course uh, alternatively you could just use your melee weapons of choice to you know smash of things of course there's a weight limit on the inventory system jesus um it Yes, uh, it's based on weight and bulk, rather than the, by the number of items.
1: Is this fancy in casting too? You can only cast one spell per turn, one per hour?
0: Yes, if you got enough mana, magic, that's what they call well, it.
1: That's not quite fancy, in it, but...
0: Yeah, and it also allows you to use different containers such as packs, belts, chests, and bags if you need to carry more sh- Sometimes you put a bag in your, uh, goddang, uh, backpack even though it's already got stuff in it. If you want to add more weight to it, and if you are becoming over-encumbered, you either got to dump the useless or, um, or teleport back to, um, friendly place and sell your loot. Especially the... This is just a
1: a dungeon crawler. You go in and kill all the monsters, basically.
0: Uh, yes, uh, in a way. And, uh... As you uh, t- sell that loot to the stores, which, by the way, each store has its own, well, designated items to sell. Like, if you're going to sell, I don't know, a pair of boots to a magic shop, they'll be like, Hey, we don't sell that kind here. You go to the other store. And if you can't sell, you know, broken items or cursed items, that's what the junk trader is for. The, for the most useless stuff, you sell it at a very small price. And, uh, yeah, the money does have... a uh, a little bit of, I don't think it there's any weight to it. I mean, a junk store is it, where anywhere could be sold for a few copper coins. By the way, they have different currencies. Copper, um, bronze, silver, gold, and even um, platinum.
1: Man, this is everything I hate about old Dungeons & Dragons. This is like second edition TDM in terms of all the crap you gotta pay attention to.
0: And you also gotta pay attention, like, each time when you pick up an item I mean, not only you have to watch your weight, and I don't mean girth um with the pack especially enchanted packs which holds more and uh and also you use your identify spell to identify each of those unidentified items see if they're normal if they're enchanted or they're cursed of course what to do with cursed items sell them if you like to make little bits of money and what are you going to do with all that money in case if you fight enemies that will take your money like you know thieves bandits well you can put that money to the bank and they give you credit.
1: Jeez, I was joking, but this really is uh and d or rather, second edition Dungeons & Dragons, which is one of the most pain-in-the-ass RPGs in the history of RPGs, but also one of the most influential.
0: Again, it's from 89 to 92, um, so it's around that time when it, mm-hmm. D&D was popular, right? Is that when it came around?
1: Yeah, I, I know what we call basic or first edition was like late 70s but it wasn't widely published and TSR put it out in the 80s and then Gygax came out with advanced and then they came with second and I don't think third was until way later so for a very long time second was around and that's the only one used and a lot of a a lot of video games to this day use second not to this day but uh like Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic that one used uh second edition rules for its dice rolling
0: yeah, that one has dice roll too, um, especially during this playthrough that I've been doing in the recording. I've become more dexterity intensive. Having a high dexterity gives you a much higher chance to dodge attacks, especially when I face those big-ass monsters, uh, like, you know, ogres or dragons and whatnot, uh, which, you know, if they get you, it's going to hurt. Uh, unless you find an enchanted weapon, and enchanted armor, especially I look for... Any enchanted pieces of armor or sets of armor uh, that strongly levels up your dexterity or fortifies it, whatnot?
1: <laughs> I um, have this issue with uh, the other guys I play games with where we are playing the Division 2 or whatever and he gets a new gun, right? Yeah. And here's how I judge new weapons. Okay, it's got green for damage, which means it's higher damage. Uh, but it's got a red for uh, RPM. Uh, but it's got a green for magazine, okay? All I look is colors because we've decided that green is good and red is bad in our society. Um, so it's like, okay, well, it does more damage and it holds more bullets. Great, I'm picking it up. I don't care about any of the other stats because there's like four or five stats per weapon, but sometimes... Uh, the other people I play with are like, hold on, I need to go back and forth and analyze it. Like if I put this attachment and this attachment, it's like, just look at the fucking numbers, dude. Is the numbers better? Put it on. I don't have time to compare every single piece of equipment.
0: Uh, But in this game, you're going to have to. Um, No, I don't
1: want to play this game.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it says, like, when you pick up an enchanted item after you identify them, of course, which costs a little bit of magic. Um, And then as you read them, it said, okay, it strongly levels up damage or um, dexterity. And then you find this new set here, and that says very strongly instead of strongly. So I look for the very strongly, especially the dexterity for the armor. But as for the weapons, find the one that, you know, gives out more you know, damage, and uh, you could say I like to dodge the attacks, and then once I finally hit them, it's going to hurt.
1: Is this a game that you can beat, or you just keep playing until you die and then
0: stop? You can beat, um, and also it tracks how much time spent playing the game, although story events are not triggered by the passage of time, (laughs) although it does determine, you know, when you go to the stores to sell them, they do change their stock of if, if you plan on buying something good especially enchanted ones. They don't sell cursed ones, because why the hell would you?
1: Once you're done with the series, would you play more games in a similar styling?
0: Possibly, even though uh, there's a lot of roguelike games out there. There's Um, too many, yes. And isn't Dark Souls what you play back then the closest to being roguelike in a way?
1: No, no, because as we explained the last time we talked about this, roguelikes refers specifically to an old game called Rogue. In which you had one life and you died, you start all over. And you got to equip all your... get new shit, equip all your shit. A closure game would be something that's... I don't want to call it a Dark Souls ripoff, but it's in that styling. It was called Dead Cells. Uh, C-E-L-L-S. Uh, it was an indie game. It's got like 16-bit graphics. It's not all bad, even though those two things sound bad. Um, in that, you die, you start over from the beginning area. And Dark Souls doesn't do that. It just starts you from where you last saved basically uh dead cells will start you from the beginning area but you could level up your guy in order to get uh old equipment back faster essentially so you're not starting from zero every single time so there's like different levels to these sorts of games it's just, like a game where you start over from the dead beginning a game where you mostly start over but you can get stuff back or a game where you go back five minutes and not even big a deal why do people complain so much about it?
0: I recall you played uh, one of those Diablo games that you had a very most hard difficulty setting. that is probably okay, the that's most different
1: because I was specifically going for a trophy for beating it on hardcore mode. Uh, and that did have one life, no saves. If you die, it erases everything. But I don't normally go for that sort of thing. I was trying to get a hundred percent on Diablo, which by the way, I've gotten a hundred percent on Diablo in three different consoles, so I'm bragging.
0: Wow, Uh, and also, um, again, this Castle of the Winds game, it was developed by Rick Sada, which it says uh, it's inspired by his love for RPGs while learning Windows programming in the 80s.
1: It's inspired by the second edition Dungeons and Dragons. Let's not pretend otherwise.
0: And the game is public domain, as we said before, because Rick Sada said that it decided it should be public domain, so he's given permission for anyone to distribute it for free. Epic Games doesn't have exclusive license to sell it anymore.
1: Okay. Great. They they're not too worried about money.
0: Yeah, we know what they've uh will go on to make.
1: Unreal Engine, which is what they sell to all the third the third party companies.
0: And uh, before we move on, I mean, I don't think I told you about the plot of this game, the story of the <laughs> game.
1: Come on, dude. It's a a wizard or a knight and there's maybe a princess and there's some dragon lord and you gotta go kill him. Come on, there cannot be a big plot to this old ass game.
0: Uh, it's a two-parter for a reason. Um, uh, well, two episodes of it. Um, again, the player begins in a tiny hamlet near we slash she used to live. His slash her farm's been destroyed and godparents are killed and then you gotta go Around an abandoned mine. Mind you, this is part one, which I've already done that, so I could tell you there. And then eventually you find a scrap of parchment that reveals the death of the player's godparents was or- ordered by an unknown enemy. Ah, the
1: dragon lord. Yeah,
0: the player then returns to the hamlet to find it pillaged, and then decides to travel to um, Bedjar Monhaven. Again, Norse mythology based. Um, and then once you are there, then you explore the levels. Um, Beneath a nearby fortress, eventually facing a the hill giant lord responsible for ordering the player's godparent's death. Um, Yeah, that big asshole. (laughs) And he carries an enchanted amulet of kings. Um, After you defeat him and then you activate this amulet, then you are informed by the past of your dead father, which after which the player is transported to the town of Crossroads. Part 1 ends. And the game can be imported or start over in part two.
1: You know, between Two Human and the God of War game from two years ago, I've really had it with Norse mythology. We need to go back to Greeks.
0: And, and yet I've been into other mythologies as of late. Indian. Um, and, and now in part two, at least for now, not but because, um, you know, having it finished, it it's currently in hiatus, so we're in the town of Crossroads which is currently ran by a Yarrow who at first does not admit the player but later upon on three occasions provides advice and rewards then the player enters the nearby ruined titular castle of the winds uh, and then you meet your deceased grandfather who instructs you to venture into the dungeons below and defeat you know the boss yeah
1: mm-hmm. the dragon lord
0: uh, um. Surtur the, who is a uh, snake uh, How'd you know that?
1: Because I know Norse mythology from other fucking <laughs> properties, dude! That's what I'm saying. enough, Norse!
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of monsters in there, inc- including those... I'll just say this for once, because I said it in my videos. Everything ranging from those little salt-off motherfucker cobloids to the giants.
1: Okay, first of all, dude, I don't watch a lot of your videos, but I can tell you that they're called kobolds.
0: Yeah, it's just the spelling's slightly different. It's got an I in it instead of an L. Really? Yeah.
1: That's dumb. Okay, whatever. Because Kobolds aren't even, uh, they're like Irish or something originally. Something.
0: So, again, the graphics are simple but effective and, by the way, no audio.
1: I would imagine not. Because, you know, it's a game from
0: late 80s, early 90s. (laughs) It's a 16 color palette, you know, because it's from the old Windows games of that era.
1: I don't think yeah, this is absolutely not a game I would play. It just isn't.
0: It's probably it's probably just too old for you, too old school. And... I mean,
1: see, I literally, it's not that I object to playing old games. I mean, I literally just bought a GameCube from uh, the other host of the show, Joe Sizzy. But I object to playing really old games. Like 1992, too far back. Like, I'm not willing to go past maybe 2000, maybe 98, when all the great games came out. Anything before 98? No, no go. Not worth going back to.
0: Not even the N64 games?
1: No, N64 games absolutely do not hold up. And I don't mean, like, just graphically, but gameplay-wise. We've come so far in just how we control things. I will say, I bought a 2DS recently, and I was playing Ocarina of Time 3D on it. And it mostly works okay because they've updated a lot of stuff to be played on a portable system. But you know, gameplay-wise, it is not—it is not a game for 2020. You know,
0: not in today's standards.
1: No, future Zelda games were made better. Whether or not they were more fun, whether or not the plot was better, whether or not you know there was more uh, interaction from the player, they're just made better. Games today are better than they were before. But uh, instead of talking 2020 games, we're going to talk another old game.
0: Yeah, um, we'll go from one decade to another in the uh, late 2000s. Because just recently, this may sound like going backwards still, much like with the old game from late 80s and early 90s. And late 2000s, um started playing oh, only the story, no multiplayer, of um, Battlefield Bad Company 1, the
1: first one. When did this come out?
0: 2008.
1: Yeah, that was another big year for video games.
0: That was when the uh, 360 came around. No, no, 360 came around a few years prior.
1: Yeah, it was like 206.
0: Yeah, I mean, prior to that, I used to play, you know, Battlefield Bad Company 2 10 years ago. And now, 10 years later, Bad Company 1.
1: Yeah, but you never played the uh, single player for that, either game.
0: Uh, The single player for Bad Company 2? Hmm. No, I did play it. That was the first thing I did.
1: But you never played the single. You're just now playing the single player for Bad Company 1? Yeah,
0: that, that was backwards compatible. So, because when I was looking at EA Access and I see that game on there, I'm like, you know, I've always wanted to play that. Well, let's give that a try.
1: I mean, I did. I did play it a very long time ago. And then, semi recently, when I decided to play through every Battlefield again, which. Boy, howdy, was that a mistake. <laughs> because here's the thing about the Battlefield games their stories have gotten significantly worse. I mean, like, there is a severe drop-off between, let's say, 4, 5, and 1. And even Hardline, you throw it in there, it just dips to the bottom of the ocean in terms of quality of storytelling.
0: Yeah, but Bad Company series um, stands out. In the
1: first game, I think, more than the second. The second game took itself far too seriously.
0: But they still have some humor in it.
1: Not enough compared to the first one. The first one is... Did you finish it?
0: Yes, uh, I finished it um, a few days ago.
1: So there's this movie in the 60s, 70s called, I was about to call it Hogan's Heroes, that's a different thing, <laughs> called Kelly's Heroes. Yes, that's from 1970. 1970, and it is about a, uh, a company of soldiers in World War II who discovered...
0: Hmm? In France.
1: In France, who basically uh, come across like the Nazis are planning on raiding a vault or something. It's been a few years I've seen it, so I can't really remember, but basically... These ragtag groups of uh army misfits get together to steal to heist some gold instead of you know killing nazis and it's a lot more lighthearted than that plot makes it sound like um because there have been other future things with similar plot lines like buffalo soldiers or uh, three kings and Bad Company 1, I think, takes a little bit more from Kelly's Heroes than it does from Three Kings.
0: Yeah, I just watched Three Kings uh, an hour before we start recording.
1: <laughs> but basically, the first Bad Company is like... It's Bad Company because you're a bunch of misfits. And the character you play, Preston something rather
0: Preston Marlowe.
1: ...is not really a bad dude, but for some reason he got shipped out to B Company. Because they're just a, bunch, a gaggle of idiots. There's a your generic... Black man Sergeant who might as well be called Johnson because he's basically Sergeant Johnson from Halo. It's not him, but it's basically him. And actually, you know what? Sergeant Johnson and the guy, what's the guy's name in Bad Company? I don't want to call him Johnson. Whatever the Sergeant's name is, I'm pretty sure he's just called Sarge. They're all basically ripoffs of the archetype from the guy from Aliens, whose name was Apone. Uh, he was the original black Sergeant with a mustache, smoking a cigar. And then there've been like five of those since. Anyways.
0: Uh, Samuel Redford this is the name of Sergeant.
1: Redford. And you have a bunch of. You have two other kind of goofy idiots one big nerd type and one guy who's like absurdly southern. It's all. It's fairly stereotypical, but again, you know, came out 12 years ago. What do you want?
0: Everybody's unique in itself.
1: Yeah, and that's basically the plot. He's like, it's a Russian war, I think, this time. You're all fighting Russians, but then you say, hey, these mercenaries are have found gold and it's like, well why don't we just take the gold and fuck this army? It's like, yeah, okay. The the damnedest thing is it actually ties into the other battlefield games, which by that I mean three and four. Because three and four are direct sequels from each other even though they feature no similar characters. And in fact, uh one is a follow up, but not five. Because one, there's a character Did you ever play Battlefield One's storyline, the one that's World War One? Yes. In that one, you play... I can't remember which one of those dumb war stories. I think it's the flying one. The guy you play... The American pilot. His name is Blackburn. Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. In Battlefield 3, the character you play is also named Blackburn. So they tie that in somehow, even though... Who gives a fuck?
0: (laughs) I mean, we don't know if it's the the same military family.
1: uh, Blackburn, how many... Come on, think about it. It totally is. But that was like a retcon, because 3 comes before 1. Because they told these fucking things out of order. Anyways, three words where they started hitting the we're trying far too hard to be 24, we tried really hard to be dramatic, and four was just horrible. Battlefield 4 storyline is awful. It has incredibly unlikable characters, and they decide to have your character do this insane thing that I hate in video games nowadays, where your character is silent and says nothing. Hate it
0: no and uh bad comedy um again it stands out is it uh comedy is and the plot is it just an example of good writing which is a rarity in the battlefield series of games
1: i don't even know at this point you know i think it was like a happy accident i don't because obviously it can't be the same writing team the same directing team the same production team all the way through all these games right
0: it's the it's from ea dice
1: I know but it can't be the same people because where did they go so wrong i think even the sequel is a downgrade even just bad company 2 doesn't have nearly enough humor and plus in the end at the end of spoilers for a 12 year old game at the end of bad company 1 they uh, basically have a truck full of gold but get caught by an army commander who's like the russians are invading it's like it's like well i guess we'll take care of this gold later and in bad company 2 none of that shit is mentioned at all even a little bit Mm-mm.
0: I mean, no, nobody knows it. what happened to, you know, the Legionnaire guy who just rises from that burning wreckage uh, when you take down that helicopter at the last level.
1: <laughs> it's a sequel starring the same cast, but not this not a follow-up plot. They're just like, ah, oh, let's pretend that NAS game never happened. It's absurd. And constantly, the sergeant is like, well, I'm going to retire and go fishing, but he shows up for the second game and doesn't mention that. I guess he unretired. So then we go to three and four, and they're bad and worse and terrible. And then we go all the way back to World War One with One. And instead of having a coherent story, they decide to split it up into four or five smaller stories, which are all bad. Uh, and then Five, which is a sequel to One, because it takes place in World War Two. Did you play any of that Battlefield Five story?
0: No, still no.
1: Well, I have played some of it, and I can tell you it sucks. It sucks from a storytelling standpoint. It sucks from a character standpoint. It sucks from a gameplay standpoint.
0: Oh, the burden that they just put you in in the gameplay. It's it's not even what I heard.
1: Look, look, when you play a Battlefield 5 map in multiplayer, Mm -hmm. they're huge maps, right?
0: Yes, enough for planes to go around.
1: Because there's 32 or 64 people on the server, right? Yes. uh... So it's full. In the single player, they put you in those very same fucking maps but it's you versus a hundred million
0: Nazis.
1: (laughs) And you have to traverse the entire map on foot. Sometimes a little shitty car and one level on skis, but it, it takes so long to get anywhere in that dumb game. There's no like faster way of traveling. So you'll get to an objective market where it's like, all right, destroy the three radio towers. They are, one million meters away that direction two million meters away in that direction and 1.5 million meters away in that direction and it's <laughs> if you're at the south point on the compass it's north west and east and you got to go to each one individually and it's horribly unfun
0: uh-huh. uh, anyways let's circle back to Bad company one uh, at least from, I uh, before
1: i get a further rant
0: yeah but we don't want to go you know as another guy says go deep into the weeds um, Anyways, I mean, from the gameplay, it was notable for having the Frostbite game engine that allows ninety percent of the environment to be destroyed. What was the other thing? Only to be would... only to be further enhanced in Bad Company Two, where you could bring buildings down.
1: See, yes, but not in multiplayer. It went, they went backwards for that too, because I first started playing Battlefield multiplayer in Bad Company Two. I didn't play any of it in one, and in two, I liked. Bad Company 2's, multiplayer, so much, I got 3, Battlefield 3, as soon as it came out, because it was like, I really like this system and the way things work. And then they started to fuck with it. They messed with the evolution. they messed with the in- destructible environments, they screwed with the classes, and then and from 3 to 4, they screwed with it again.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And I... And, and, I... And, <laughs> and from 1 to 5, they screwed with it again. It's like they just keep messing with the system that works.
0: Uh, and it seems like just based on destructible environments and battlefield games, it seems Battlefield One probably has by far the best of destructible environments, where you could turn this whole French village into a a, a barren wasteland.
1: I mean that's fine and all, but in terms of like you're not going to be exploding every time you spawn.
0: Oh no, that's just you're only shooting at where the enemies are. Even if you have to blow a wall to get them.
1: Because there used to be this thing. It was like okay, you were you were assault, you are a medic. You are ammo guy, support, and sniper man. And then since 3, 4, 1, and 5, because that's the order they've gone in, they've screwed with all of them every single game. It was like, okay, this gun goes for this class, and you can't cross class. Okay, now this gun goes for this class, and this ability goes for this class, even though it was the opposite in the other game.
0: Yeah, they. Uh, it was bad company, too, again. First exposed to a multiplayer of that kind, where they had certain weapons that are called all-kit weapons, and... No such thing as all kit in in Battlefield 5, the current one that I play occasionally. There's no all kit weapons to this day,
1: which is stupid. Why would you? That's taking away a feature you used to have. And I liked Battlefield so much more than Call of Duty because Call of Duty, if you're not a great player, if you're not you know someone who can get all the kills and not be killed, you won't get anything accomplished. Various games throughout the years have tried to implement systems where, okay, if you're not the top killer, but you can still contribute to the team. Battlefield's been doing that literally since Bad Company 2. For five straight games, they've tried to implement ways in where you don't have to get kills in order to help the team win, or even help yourself.
0: And another thing that I've noticed when I was playing Bad Company 1 during the campaign, that kind of threw me off a little, but I guess that was, you know, the norm of, you know, our 2000s era of game. When I was sprinting, the sprint of that game was slow, and also you have to hold, not toggle. I was used to the toggle. And you can't change the controls on foot. You can change the controls on a vehicle, or on a boat, or on a helicopter, but not on foot. That threw me off a little.
1: Especially in the Battlefield games, which always have giant maps. But I, I, I've just become, mostly because of Battlefield 1, very disillusioned for online shooters. Like, I absolutely hated the previous Call of Duties, and you can listen to an old show for me rant about terrible Call of Duty, and the worst first-person storyline of all time. But, um, I don't want to play, I have briefly played Battlefield 5 through my EA access, and the other guy who's sometimes on the show, Rob, still plays it. He was playing it as of yesterday.
0: Is that his main online game?
1: That's his main game, period. And, I don't know if he has fun during it, but it doesn't sound like it. Maybe he does. I don't know. I'm not inside his head. But I certainly didn't have fun playing it. It is another... We're going to lead into the next game here in a minute.
0: Uh, uh, Just one more thing um, for bad comedy. Um, Again, with the humor parts in it and the writing. Like, why aren't there any more action comedy in uh, video games? Just like with some of the movies. Well, there
1: there are, but they've switched genres. I'm thinking, like... I don't know. You can go too far. I think a good game that manages to balance is, like, the Uncharted series... Because there's high action, there's good drama, there's a lot of things you do in it, but you know the main character is kind of a sarcastic asshole and says a lot of funny shit. But you need to have it more balanced. It can't be a comedy game because then you're playing like one of the, the raving rabbits games or something. You're playing a Mario game that just goes off off the rails in terms of comedy. So a lot of games try to keep it more subtle, or it's you know or sarcasm. You know, there's no real sarcasm. Bad company. It's the absurdity of the situation. The absurdity of...
0: uh... You go into a neutral country and search for gold.
1: Yeah, the plot is what's ridiculous there. It's not, you know... Like, I can't can't remember the other guy's name either. Something with an R. The mustache man, the southern guy. Oh, Haggard. Haggard, yeah. It's mostly Haggard who's giving the comedy. Everybody else is kind of caught up in the story. Yeah, he was... uh... But no, no, uh, first-person shooters in particular, because that's mostly what we're going to be talking about. First-person shooter games have taken themselves deadly serious. The two exceptions I can really come up with are Bulletstorm, okay. which mostly was comedy. And that was, again, the characters in between the parts where you're shooting and the, the ridiculous swear conjugations they did. And uh, something like Rage 2, which I think fell really short of the mark in terms of what it wanted to be. But it tried to be a little more lighthearted. It tried to be less you know, brutal, military heavy. What we're saying is the Battlefield games are still... They handle well. They look great. But uh, they've lost a lot of soul.
0: I see what you mean. There's a reason why I don't play it every day. I just play it when there's... Oh, like every few months I would come back to it. It's like, oh, new set of weapons? Well, I'll do a montage on them. No need to play it every day.
1: Yeah. And I'm not... Again, I'm not against military shooters. And I'll play Homefront or The Division. It's not I'm against the genre. I'm against... What DICE has done to the genre. I'm against what Activision has done to the genre. Because to wrap this Battlefield thing up, but legitimately, honestly, my favorite Battlefield game is Hardline from the company that has now shut down uh, uh, Visceral. Redwood and they became Visceral. They also made the Dead Space games. Because I thought that story was really good. And the characters in it were good. And that was a funny game too, despite serious situations. And the multiplayer was fucking awesome because it was in the modern day.
0: It, not modern day military, but modern day criminal underworld USA.
1: I mean, you still got basically military weapons, but you weren't a military-grade military weapons. Yeah, you weren't, you know, in Afghanistan, you were the U.S. forces fighting some random Arabs. It was cops versus robbers. In,
0: it, in Florida it, and California.
1: Yeah, what's better than that? It's great. And then they shut down the studio and they it's like, nope, we're going back to World War One. All right, we're going back to World War Two. So I expect in the next generation, Battlefield 6 will go back to Vietnam. Why the fuck not? Eh, I've had my fill of military shooters. Speaking of military shooters, this is your lean-in friend.
0: All right, Tom, um, but this is from a different, you know, galaxy, so to speak. A different universe. <laughs> you know, from a long time long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, I roll. Yeah, that long ago. Now, uh, this has been, uh, we mentioned about how this is the main online game for Rob, you know, Battlefield 519. Well, my main online game as of late has been Star Wars Battlefront 2. But You've
1: not... only you've only started playing this like a couple months ago, right?
0: Yeah, actually at the very beginning of January, just started playing it.
1: And for background, the reason you haven't for two years is because it's a, it's a hundred fucking gigabyte game and you didn't have the room.
0: Yeah, that was one of the reasons. Because back then we used to play mainly those three games that I often mentioned in previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. Not saying time and commitment, it's just, well, there ain't no room in the data.
1: Excuse me, I gotta add that burp out again. So, yeah, you've been playing a lot of that multiplayer, the different modes. What do you do in it? Explain to people who don't know what Star Wars is.
0: The, to, to the non-Star Wars fans out there? Or people who aren't even uh, aligned
1: by it? So years and years ago on the playstation 2 era of games
0: yeah we're not were talking these... about the the old one i mean we can talk a bit of it no no no, no, no. I, I am
1: i am so i am to lead up into this
0: yeah we all played them all
1: i didn't first of all in the ps2 era of video games there was this game called star wars battlefront where you play as stormtroopers or rebels or clones versus droids whatever and it was just called battlefront and battlefront 2 and there weren't really, there was kind of a story in the second game, but it was innocuous and didn't matter.
0: Yeah, that was a, from a perspective of a clone trooper, later uh storm a part of the 501st Legion.
1: They certainly tried. Um, but it was very much a multiplayer game, even though it was on PS2, so there wasn't a hell of a lot of multiplayer, you know what I mean? Over the internet was not a thing we did back then. So in this generation of consoles, they came out, they basically rebooted it. EA got the license again, they gave it to DICE uh who are the battlefield battlefield people one of their divisions and they made star wars battlefront this was a multiplayer only game with absolutely no storyline and i had a fairly good time in it uh when everyone was playing it because it was me and stizzy and rob and nick you know we all got into it when it, and when it worked it worked
0: and, pretty well and i actually played uh that particular battlefront not battlefront one classic as they're referred to to I avoid confusion
1: it's their fault. Look, fucking, they literally had a game go 3, 4, 1, 5, okay? DICE doesn't know what they're doing.
0: Uh, anyways, uh, this particular Battlefront, that came out of 2015, right? I think so, yes. I only played three matches on it. Um, and But I still remember the last one, which is a team dev match-like setting where I got 16 kills and no devs, and that was my last match.
1: That's a good one to go out on, I guess. It's basically, it's Battlefield with Star Wars paint.
0: And I recall they did have a Heroes vs. Villains in that game, right? I remember I, seeing I,
1: I, I tried truthfully, can't remember. Because the problem with that game really was the star cards thing. We did, like, level up in different individual dudes.
0: They had that back then? Yeah. Again, I wasn't around, around long enough because I was still committed to PC gaming largely. Again, 2015-16.
1: So anyways, now to, now to move to the present, sort of. Battlefront 2... II... Uh, when it when it initially launched years ago they had a lot of problems not just connectivity wise but the loot box stuff but they've gotten rid of all that shit and everything is just cosmetic it's like if you want to pay money for luke skywalker's robes fine go ahead Nobody's gonna you don't need to complain about it
0: yeah you are entitled to be talking about the early days of battlefront i started playing it you know long yeah after. i got it
1: at, I, I got it at launch yeah so i'm well familiar with all the problems it had yeah that's, and a, that's the other thing that's a month
0: before the last Jedi
1: uh the other thing is that i got it and the other two guys uh, rob and stizzy didn't get it for like a year so i had my own multiplayer game and i'll be like okay i love star wars and i have basically my entire life since i was like 10 years old so i was like okay i'm gonna play one or two matches because typically the galactic assault i think it's called
0: uh yes you got it right
1: those matches are it's a big map and you do several objectives and it takes like a half hour per match and for someone like me with ADD who can only do something for so long before he gets bored, that's enough. It's like one or two matches a day. Okay, I'm done. I can move on now to something else. But I know you're not like that. And Rob isn't like that. So sometimes whenever the hell those two guys got it, finally. Um, I've told them this probably, I've told them this before to their ear faces so I can say it here. The game just got oh, so much less fun for me because we were playing it more. It's like, okay, we've played we played an hour guys. Let's stop here because I would normally like to stop. Because what I like to do is when I sense that we're getting frustrated, like the party is getting angry, I want to stop immediately before they get angrier. I don't want to cross the line of frustration and, you know, rage quitting because that's happened a lot with my group. It's happened with me too. I'm not saying I'm immune from being angry on the internet, but I don't want to get to the point where we're all frustrated and angry. And it's like, why are we playing a game then? If we're, if our goal is to get frustrated and angry, you can do that in a hundred other ways in your life. I like Star Wars because I like Star Wars. The shooter game, you know, contributes to chew that love of Star Wars. If this didn't have the Star Wars license, it would just be another battlefield game and I wouldn't play it.
0: Don't you remember that anger leads to hate and suffering,
1: like Yoda said? <laughs> yes, which is why I try to bow out early, but the other guys don't like doing that. So anyways, I uninstalled it, and then they kept giving updates, so the game is now well over like 120 gigs. So if I try to install it again, I would need to, you know, look carefully at what I'm willing to sacrifice to play it again. I'm not saying I wouldn't, maybe I would, but I don't want to play five matches a day.
0: Yeah, I play way more than that.
1: Yeah, I know you do. Do you you play every single mode?
0: Uh, Every single mode? Uh, Not yet. Um... I mean, I did do one match of Capital Supremacy, which that one is far longer than any other game mode.
1: Is that like Rush in the old Battlefields?
0: The Galactic Assault is Rush.
1: I guess. Um, what the hell am I thinking? The Operations or whatever was the Battlefield 1 that I fucking hated.
0: It's something like that for Capital Supremacy, where you take all the objectives on the ground, and you get on board and transport and go assault that capital ship up in the sky.
1: Is it like, can you go backwards, though? Because that was a really terrible thing in if the other they,
0: game. If they kill off all of your tickets that you brought it in, well, you're back on the ground. And uh, and the match cannot end until one of these capital ships on either side oh, gets God. destroyed.
1: No, I don't.
0: <laughs> no. That's a real test of my patience. Test of,
1: I, w- I wouldn't play it. Because that's too similar to Conquest. you remember Conquest and Battlefield? That was called Conquest. What the fuck am I thinking? Operations, right?
0: Grand Operations.
1: Grand Operations Battlefield 1 was the most tedious fucking thing on Earth. Because it's like, all right, we get to the next phase. Oop, we can push back a phase. All right, we get to the next phase. Oops, we can push back a phase. We've been playing this one match for an hour and a half. I don't want to play anymore. I like variety.
0: Well, they do have other variety of game modes, which I've yet to come across. I mean, again, you are also entitled to, from your experiences from Ewok Hunt.
1: I played that, like, one day, and I was like, okay, I get the gimmick, but it's not fun. It's like, okay, you're a little Ewok or you're a stormtrooper with a flashlight. It's like, okay, I get it. Let's move on with our lives. I don't find it interesting. Mostly what you play is heroes versus villains.
0: Uh, yeah, and, and before I even talk in depth about that stuff, um, I also did uh, Starfighter Assault.
1: Oh, yes, of course.
0: Because, you know, I had experience with, you know, Battlefield with the flying, so I thought, well, apply my trade here. And
1: You know what's weird? I, I've, in the first game, in battle, oh, in Battlefront 1, I didn't like the flying at all. It made me a little bit dizzy. And two, I have no problems at all. I don't know what they did to change it, but it doesn't bother me at all. I'm totally cool with the flying.
0: I had to change the sensitivity a bit to my liking from my experience of flying with Battlefield 5. You know, last recent one. and So I just had a slight sensitivity on when... Not saying spinning. No, no, no. The turning. Oh, well, That's the little problem I had. This is another
1: history. thing. We're mostly talking first-person shooters today, so I'm going to just talk about this real quick. The sensitivity thing has long been in discussion among you or other brother nick rob and stizzy whenever we play you know call duties or battlefields or battlefronts they're always going on about oh my sensitivity is too high or it's too low and i've never fucked with that ever
0: i only i only change my sensitivity to mine, like i don't have a problem being too slow or too fast it's just how in a practical situation like when you know you're getting what started I behind or if you hear something then you turn around fast and deal with that problem
1: you know what i do is i change my sensitivity not in the game in how quickly or slowly i push the fucking stick why is that hard for everyone else it's like oh i want a tiny tap of the stick and he spins all the way to the left if you want to spin all the way left jam that fucking thing what's the point you go to like oh no hold on now three's too high but four i don't know maybe uh, da, da. it's like just move your thumb speed you can't figure out how to make your thumb go faster you're in control of it
0: and only so far, now to get back on the flying, uh, flyboy, um, now in the Starfighter, so I only flew one class of it, and that's the simple, you know, fighter. I have yet to flown an Interceptor or a Bomber as of this time, just only leveling up the fighter. And only briefly, um, used hero ships. Uh, just like, again, life expectancy of a pilot's very, very low.
1: It's basically the Millennium Falcon and nothing else that matters.
0: Uh, and also not enough to mention a lot of debris that I have a tendency to crash on, which, again, it's, it's space combat, right?
1: It's, it's it's full 360 degrees of motion.
0: Yes, not like here on Earth, where you only have to worry about the trees and uh, the ground, then make sure you don't crash them. Yes. Actually, one thing, another thing about Starfire Assault, that, I mean, it's not just, all oh, shoot down enemy fires. No, it's
1: objective-based. Mm-hmm.
0: Um... If you recall, I mean, how how often did
1: you play that? Fairly often, not as much as I played the regular Galactic Salt, but enough to know everything goes on. In In the Starfighter stuff, there's a lot of, um, I guess you call them NPCs. It's like enemy AI, too.
0: Yeah, sometimes it's just AI because there aren't enough players out there for AI fighters or bombers or interceptors, which it depends on the area you're in. The prequel and original trilogy era, if, if we we're using simple terms, has all three <laughs> classes. But in the sequel trilogy era, there's only fighters and interceptors. No bombers.
1: Well, yeah. Let's not get into that right now. We'll we'll wait. Uh, but again, mostly what you've been playing, especially making a lot of videos of, is oh, here. just
0: one montage so far.
1: Oh wow! Well. But you're thinking well, of when I say clips. videos, when you update on the Xbox thing, it's. A lot of videos and you edit it there's like 10 30 seconds anyways heroes versus villains stuff yeah i'm Where having it's... the most
0: fun of especially last night before this recording
1: you put all the quote-unquote good characters versus the quote-unquote bad characters
0: yeah heroes versus villains
1: i know but you know who decides who's a hero who's a villain in the? heroes on both seconds. sides evil is everywhere corruption clone wars oh uh I've played some of that, and you do play as heroes in Galactic Assault. If you get enough points to buy them, basically.
0: Depending on the situation on the map. Mm-hmm.
1: And in my experiences, in my experience, the Jedi are evil. Um,
0: <laughs> but in my, my, in my experience, there's no such thing as luck.
1: God damn it, I was just about to say that. A lot of people chose Anakin for the heroes, because when he, they first launched him, he was overpowered as hell. He was way OP.
0: Actually, he wasn't one of the launch heroes when the game first came No, 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 out.
1: When, when they first introduced him. When Anakin was first introduced, him, yes. And the Emperor and Boss are, are, for the bad guys, are still way, in my opinion, when I last played, way overpowered. Like, the, like the first team to get, Anakin or the Emperor, wins.
0: Yeah, but it just uh, depends on, well, which hero you're going to play in order to counter them, because I came up with some as a recent experience.
1: I know the problem with that is it's another example of the the old Call of Duty mindset of, oh, you want to get the perks? Well, you need to get a lot of kills because level up this can... character. No, 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 no. Like even to unlock to get the heroes in the match, one, it can only be the only hero on the map, so you can't have two Lukes running around. And two, you have to earn enough points through regular play, through playing objectives, through getting kills. And for someone who sucks at first-person shooters online, like myself. I'm fucking never going to get up to those heroes until late in the game. And by then, the game is over, because no Battlefront game did I ever play where it was a close score. We always lost by a bunch or won by a bunch.
0: Had a close one last night. Zero to four.
1: Yeah, but I'm talking Galactic Assault.
0: Oh, excuse me. It's... <clears throat> yeah, anyways, we're talking heroes versus villains. Though. People of choice, right? And you say, back in your day, that boss was a pain in the ass. Um, Not in this current uh, version. When I first came around, not a lot of people play as him. So I guess they downplayed it or whatever is the term
1: that people use. Uh, Nerf, you see, because of the Nerf guns that shoot little foam darts. Uh,
0: Nerf herders. That's not quite what I meant, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, Nerfs are animals. In the Star Wars universe. Uh, Anyways. um, Yeah. It's like if you. Like would you like to know like. Who's your favorite or who's your most played. Of the said characters. When you play such a game mode.
1: When I did get a hero or villain. I usually. I can't even recall. It's been so long. And I usually didn't get them. So it was a rarity. I, I probably went with either Luke. Or. Vader at the time. Because I couldn't control the Emperor, because he's just like a jumpy weirdo. Uh,
0: I've yet to play as him, I just, well, leave it up to the professionals.
1: But there's also the other heroes and villains that just have guns instead of lightsabers, and I was like, why? Your regular character has a gun. Oh, but this is a super special gun? Eh, whatever.
0: Uh, don't underestimate him. <laughs> Especially in heroes vs. villains. Like, any time that I go into a game where I see three people pick, pick um, lightsaber villainy characters, well, I'm gonna go pick one that has a blaster. You know, I've always, gotta have always
1: believed in the larger Star Wars universe. The reason the Jedi and Sith story stuff is so popular, people like sword fights. Sword fights are cool to watch. Sword fights are cool to have. Watching a gunfight not terribly interesting.
0: At a, you rather watch a laser sword fight, as they once used that term,
1: as Lucas still calls them. Um. Yeah, I, I think it's just more personal, you know? Sword fights are more personal as opposed to a sniper battle. And it's uh, speaking of, you know,
0: personal, Um, at least uh, when I play this like besides, you know, them fighting each other, at least everybody has their own unique dialogue to one another, even if they're connected in the same era.
1: They talk shit to each other during the game? Yes.
0: Uh, uh, including some that are not from the same era. Like, for example, when I was... Count Dooku the other day, which is one of my most used characters, um, like when he encountered Princess, uh, he's like, Count Dooku of Serrano, at your service. Um, as if he has respect to her compared to, you know, all the other characters, which is like beneath him. (sighs) Because, you know, they're both royalty.
1: Kinda. I mean, he renounced his title, so I don't know why he keeps calling himself Count. Um... Let's, let's not get too far into the lore here because i could go on all day about star wars shit that's my like number one thing
0: yeah yeah just not done a...
1: and I've, well, we've never talked about it much on the show before because the, the other two guys don't care about it as much as i do yeah
0: yeah like, like just not there at the story yet um so not ready to get into it um
1: <laughs> i mean overall in star wars lore star wars
0: uh, stuff oh okay i oh, thought you yeah. thought you meant in game story um
1: no, oh, I have something to say about the fucking in-game story. You don't worry.
0: Yeah, 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 we'll get there later on. <laughs> Bear with me, patience, my young Padawan. Ah, even though you're older than me. Um. Oh. Yeah. You know, anyways, uh, yeah, I mentioned Count Dooku is one of my most used you know, of the Dark Side characters. Yeah, he's my most used, and uh, reason for that is, is his abilities. You know, lightning stun or, you know, expose weakness, um, which you know, kind of. You know, hurts them around more vulnerable to damage in a way. Um, and a duelist, which you just, you know, hit your lightsaber strikes way, way faster than the other characters.
1: Yeah, because he hold, he straight up holds it differently. Yeah. That
0: what makes him stand out from the others. Um,
1: what who do you think? Who's your lightside person? Before I say the next thing.
0: <clears throat> the most used. Hmm. Uh, of the lightside, um, Ray is my most used.
1: Really? I didn't think she was that useful a character in the video game Battlefront 2. Let's not have an internet fight, people.
0: I mean, uh, I, uh, the first time I used her was from one of the first matches I played. Like, the first time I got to Heroes, again, it was near the end of the match, the defender side is losing, and I just, you know, I was like, alright, oh, my first chance to pick a hero, it's like, okay, which one's left most? and, And there it is, and looked up the abilities, and I thought, okay, maybe it needs some work on it, again level up these characters to get more ability cards and later upgrade them to make them more useful or powerful depending on the situation of course um but as for ray of why i played her as the most out of the light side lightsaber wielding characters um because one of the abilities is you know insight where it reveals the enemies while you yourself is hidden from their radar you know giving you an opportunity to ambush them interesting and also to uh mind trick them which you know obi-wan and ray have both different types of mind tricks um Ray's is is to make you know the opponent's controls inverted because i remember <laughs> i remember one time and i should have recorded a clip because that would have been a funny moment even though i did not get the kill for it where i once mind tricked darth vader which he which he jumped and and as you go forward obviously you're going backwards uh, but he tries to go the other direction. Instead, you watch him slowly fall down off the cliff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that sounds annoying as fuck.
0: And that, and that dashing strike that Ray also does, I remember one time, it's like there's four guys, but there's this guy I want to go after way behind him. So I just, you know, patch onto first guy, second and third. I didn't want to kill him. I'm just like out of my way and I go after this fourth person. <laughs> so I have most fun with that character. And it's so it's, and it's kind of interesting with the mind trick. And and this one may have a little Dark Souls inspiration the way you do when you roll behind a, an enemy so he can stamina back. I kind of do the same thing with Ray, where mind trick a guy, his controls invert, doesn't know what he's doing, so I can just dodge two times and try to hit him from behind.
1: Who do you think is the worst character on either side?
0: I don't know about worst, but maybe most underutilized from what I've seen. Uh, Finn. I haven't seen a lot of people use Finn. But they, I mean, he's more of a hero officer, in a way, because he does have the little... His yes, boss? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as for, you know, blaster-winning characters, my most used as of late on light side is um, Leia, which I've been playing a lot of her last night, because recently there's been an update where they replaced her flashbang grenades with thermal detonators, three packs of them. <laughs> More bank rebunds. Great. So, yeah, now people... Leia,
1: Leia, when I played, was really annoying, because people wouldn't play her up close. They played her sniper, because she has a charge-up pistol. And the longer you hold it, the more damage it does. So they would sit at the other end of the map, and it had no... Drop-off is not a thing that exists in Star Wars. So they had... uh, They would just stay at the back of the map, charge up her pistol, and it would go infinite distance.
0: Yeah, I sometimes do that, but... But a part of me is just being too brave where I would just have to get up close and shoot him. And I don't know if you saw a clip recently I recorded from last uh, night no, no. when I was Leia where I brought up that E-11 blaster rifle that's, you know, rapid fire. That's one of her abilities. And and one of the ability cards I have equipped is when you have that weapon equipped, you take less damage. And I find it as a perfect counter against Palpatine when he shoots lightning at me. And so I get this weapon and I take less lightning damage while I shoot back at him, and he takes way more, and if he's too stupid enough to not, well, get away from me. That's how it works. <laughs> Including that one clip where um, I was shooting at two other lightsaber-wielding guys. Again, not going to name names unless you want to see that little clip yourself. Um,
1: That's oh. fine. I'm sure it'll be up on your YouTube eventually.
0: Yeah, where I just, you know, shoot up close to him, and then it's like okay shoot at him a couple of times to do more damage and then hit the melee and then he's gone and then there's another guy same thing and then melee that's just a part of me being too brave instead of what most people tended to use him in, in a sniper role
1: so in any way in other words you're having a lot of fun with battlefront 2's multiplayer
0: yeah and uh and one more mention now the most used on the dark side spectrum of the blaster winning characters is um Iden Versio is my second most used
1: I don't remember what she has
0: um, it's, it's she's kind of a bit of a versatile hero as as a tooltips describer I mean she has this um, blaster rival that shoots rapidly and also has the alternate fire which is a little explosive and has that little droid back there which you can either stun enemies or deploy your personal shield to deflect from blaster attacks and also have a long-range pulse rifle, like a sniper, even though it doesn't do much damage unless you charge it up way more. Kind of useless for heroes or villains, but what I would like to do it when they're far away and I don't feel like going there, just show them just to remind them, say, hey, I'm over here,
1: come get me. Well, they needed something to transliterate from the story because she's the main character of the story mode.
0: Yes, I don't know, very we mention.
1: Ready, you talk about it now?
0: Yes, I just uh, finished a part of that story last night, but I finished the main story last month.
1: So, before, because I'm going to go nuts. And
0: by the way, um, I played the story mode before the multiplayer.
1: The story mode mechanically is basically training for the multiplayer. Um, I don't know if you ever, I don't think you ever played personally Knights of the Old Republic, right? Not very much. You saw me play it, you saw Nick play a little bit. Um, I still think all these years later, maybe it doesn't hold up gameplay-wise, but in terms of a Star Wars video game, that's still the best. I have very fond memories of Jedi Outcast from the GameCube days. Uh, since they've re-released it on current-gen consoles, I don't need to get it on GameCube again, luckily. And, you know, we've even played a couple of the old X-Wing games and the FMV games, I don't even remember what they were called, that we had demos of.
0: Yeah, the, that was pretty old. Uh, in in that demo, you, you were thinking of uh, uh, Rebel Assault.
1: Probably, it was an F, it was a full motion video. It had real people in it. It was not very. It was
0: act- it was actually first of its kind for a Star Wars game.
1: Yeah, it was terrible. And that was before and... Dark
0: Forces Two, another example
1: of. Yes, I, d- I didn't play any of those games until way later on the PC, but then on the, like the sixty four we had Shadows of the Empire, which was freaking awesome.
0: And so was and, Episode uh... One Racer.
1: Yeah, but different kind of awesome, because it's pod racing. I think that's cool. I like racing games. A Star Wars racing game, why the hell not? I put, and then, of course, the Force and Least games on last gen had varying degrees of problems with them. But overall, I thought it was was a very positive uh, experience for me.
0: Uh And and I remember playing um, the Revenge of the Sith video game.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. It was basically a brawler, a hack and slash. Yes, a
0: hack and slash, and they had a little multiplayer duel that's, again, long before online was a thing for us.
1: Mm-hmm. It was on the original the original Xbox, and we, uh, we even had clips from the movies before the movie had come out, I recall.
0: Yeah, it was one of those games. It's just like when we used to play, uh, again, it's, it's a bit off-topic of Star Wars, but it's kind of related to those type of video games, like Enter the Matrix or Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, and Return of the King or they had movie clips before, turned into
1: gameplay. The difference being those were sort of tie-in, and the Revenge of the Sith game was literally just the Revenge of the Sith plot, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Start, in, it, start to finish.
0: Including its alternate ending, which I saw it on my recommended on YouTube
1: the other day. Do you remember it's the alternate not, ending in that game? Yeah, you just kill the Emperor, it's not that big a deal. Or he kills you, I don't know, it's, it's not very, they didn't put a lot of effort into it. Incidentally, you can also play that game on last-gen consoles, too.
0: Including, uh, this another old one, um, the Clone Wars game, or Star Wars. Oh, Clone Wars. yeah,
1: yeah. That was on the GameCube. I thought about getting that when I got the GameCube again. It's mostly, like, protect the bullshit missions, but it had its own interesting original storyline. You got to play as a variety of dudes. What I'm saying
0: is... And, uh, also, not only you drive vehicles, you fly a bit, and, uh, sometimes on foot with a lightsaber.
1: What I'm saying is over the last 20 years, I've played and enjoyed a lot of Star Wars games.
0: Including um, um, Rogue Leader and Rebel Strike, which is... Its... Those,
1: I, th- those I enjoyed less. Yeah,
0: those were flying games strictly, but Rebel Strike took it a bit of a turn.
1: What I'm trying to fucking get to is that I've been playing Star Wars games for about 20 years, and I've enjoyed most of them. I say all that to say that the campaign mode in Battlefront Star Wars Battlefront 2 is the worst Star Wars video game I've ever played. And why? It is that? not. It is not the worst first person shooter game I've ever played. That still belongs to uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 3.
0: By Miles. As the,
1: oh my god, it's so far ahead. But it is easily the worst Star Wars game. I'm going to spoil the whole game for you here. So, in Battlefront 2, you play as Aiden Versio. She works for the Empire. The game starts.
0: And the leader of the Infernal Squad.
1: Like that matters and the game starts at the battle of endor basically at the end of return of the jedi and spoilers for a movie from 40 years ago but the rebels win and the empire loses the death star blows up and the empire gets thrown down a shaft but let's not worry about what happens in the future just yet so you start off the game on the back foot you're working for the bad guys quote unquote but from their perspective and the marketing when this game was first coming out all you saw was the first three levels because when you play the game You're only with the Empire for the first three levels. She switches sides after three levels. This whole thing is like, oh, you finally get to play as the Empire, and you see it from their perspective, and then she immediately switches, like a hardcore turn, the light side turn, immediately. And the Rebels just openly accept her with open arms, like, I know you killed like 3,000 Rebels, Inferno Squad, but yeah, you can come on over. We'll take anyone. Sure, why not? And then you don't get to play as the Empire for the rest of the game. In fact, every other fucking level... You play as one of the heroes, because the, the campaign is just multiplayer training. You play a level as Lando that sucks. You play a level as Han that sucks. You play a level as Leia that sucks. You play a level as Luke that is no fun. And it's intermittent between these lousy Iden Versio missions of go to the bullshit and then shoot it and it blows up. Or fly the spaceship to the bullshit and it blows up. It's awful storytelling, and it is... I was so hoping for a villain storyline. We never get these in video games. The closest we've ever gotten is Assassin's Creed Rogue where you start as an assassin and become a Templar. And for the rest of the game, you go off killing assassins. And that game was great because it changed the perspective on what all the previous games were. And I was hoping against hope that Battlefront 2 would be to play as the bad guys for once. Why is that so wrong to play as a bad guy for one video game? You can only give me three levels. I'm done. Right.
0: I get what you're saying. Now... And just recently, last night, I finished, you know, it's like, yeah, we did the main story uh, two months ago before I got into multiplayer, and last night, you know, went back to finish that other part of the story called um, Resurrection.
1: There was a DLC add-on for three story missions. It was a DLC add-on. Yes, but it's free. You didn't have to pay for it.
0: Yeah, again, I came in late.
1: (laughs) And this takes place like 20 years later when... Two of the main characters are married and have a kid that doesn't look anything like them, and they try to age up some of the characters even though they look weird. I didn't, I didn't actually play any of this because I fucking hated this main story so much, so I can't tell you what happens.
0: Oh, well, I guess I'm entitled to tell what happened in detail.
1: I'm sh- it, like it freaking matters, dude. That's the other thing about original characters and established universes—they don't matter.
0: Again, this was set during the events of the Force Awakens, Star Wars Episode Seven.
1: Sure, but none of those characters are in that. Yeah, none of them are. Yeah, that's my point. So who cares? <laughs> Look, if if this was a game... Oh, Christ, I, I don't know how to... There's no better explanation for this. Think back to Shadows of the Empire, right? Yeah. You remember that yeah, game?
0: Yes, uh, I played you, it. You
1: played, you played as a character named Dash Rendar. He was an expanded universe character, not featured in any of the movies,
0: or what they call now as legends.
1: I'm not using that term. He's an expanded universe character that's not featured in any of the movies. And uh, there's like an Easter egg. You can see one of the ships in the, the re-release, the Blu-ray release of Episode Four. A special
0: and, edition from today.
1: Anyways, um, in *Shadows of the Empire*, you played exclusively as Dash Rendar, and it was a story told alongside what happens in between *Empire Strikes Back* and *Return of the Jedi*. At the end of, and it came out in a novelization and a comic book in addition to a video game, it all told the same story.
0: It was a multimedia project.
1: It was the first big one. Force Unleashed was the next one. Uh, What I'm getting to is that at the end of Shadows of the Empire, they appeared to kill off Dash Rendar. He didn't actually die, and in fact appears in a couple more novels down the road. Um, But to the other characters in the Star Wars universe, they thought Dash Rendar dies. So now there's an explanation for why nobody brings him up in Return of That Jedi. It's like, oh, you remember that cocky pilot who was like Han Solo, but Han Solo was frozen in carbonite, so we needed another one? He's gone.
0: Well, well let's move oh, on well, to Destroy on the on with Empire.
1: Yes, but it gave you a solid explanation. Battlefront 2 gives no sort of explanation. Aiden Versio and her company are created specifically for this game. And yes, maybe there have been new novels. I'm sure there's, I am think there is a new novel about Inferno Squad.
0: Yeah, it's coming up soon.
1: I think it was already out. There's already one already out that was like pre-6 where you actually where the main character actually did work for the Empire for the entire thing. But there's no follow-up. Like, none of this shit is in Force Awakens. You can say it takes place concurrently but they don't do they interact with any characters from the main cast?
0: It's a holograph of um, Leia um, which the voice actress does sound like the old Carrie Fisher.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing about Star Wars voice actors. They're uh, some of them are really close to the characters they imitate. Some of them are literally the guy who they imitate because yeah, there's Billy only, D. Williams.
0: Yeah, only three were actual.
1: Who? I know Billy D. Williams has always been Lando in every game.
0: Gwendolyn Christie as a Phasma. That's a actual.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Sure. That's fair. And
0: Daisy Ridley as Rey.
1: Did she actually do her own voice lines for the multiplayer stuff? Yes. Well, how about that?
0: Uh, they originally had a voice actress in mind, and then they decided, no, go with the actress.
1: I do appreciate when games that take, you know, licensed characters can get the voices, but I can understand also why Hollywood actors don't want to do voice acting, like it's beneath them. I understand, and frankly, I wish they would keep that shit when it comes to like Disney or Pixar or DreamWorks movies. Like, not, this this goes way, way, way off topic, but. There's, I've seen commercials for this new Pixar movie called Onward, right? Uh-huh. It's about some, a couple of trolls doing magic or some shit. I don't care about it at all. But the voices are uh, the Spider-Man guy, whose name I can't remember right now, and Chris Pratt. Tom Holland. Tom Holland. I'll edit this out. It's Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. Why is it Tom Holland and Chris Pratt? Well, because they're famous actors. Yeah, but why are they in this thing? It's like, oh, because they're famous actors. Like Kids don't give a fuck who voices the characters. Only adults could possibly care who voices characters, and it's a kid's movie. I don't know why you bother. This is because in Toy Story way back when we had uh, Tim Allen and Tom Hanks. Now we got to have celebrities for every voice acting. It takes away from legitimate voice acting jobs. That's all I'm saying. But, uh, but on the other side, like in Jedi Outcast, you briefly meet Lando. He's there for like two levels, and he is in fact voiced by Billy Dee Williams. So... And in Battlefront Two, his voice lines are still Billy Williams. Astonishingly, the guy does his own voice work. Except and I think that's except
0: pretty young version of Lando from the Solo. The young Han Solo, well, yeah, Lando are in the game.
1: Yeah, Donald Glover is not working into a VA studio to record lines for a video game. That's not going to happen. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting way off topic, but I appreciate when they can get the real people for licensed work
0: in video games, which is a rarity.
1: It's very, again, yeah, Unless your name is so. Billy
0: D. Williams. Unless uh, oh, Billy D. Williams,
1: then yes, absolutely. It's like Harrison Ford isn't going to record his own shit. He hates Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Or, or uh, Indiana Jones, because there have been several Indiana Jones games, and he's not done the voice for that, that's for damn sure.
0: He ain't got time for that. He just
1: doesn't care. Anyways, so other than the hologram of Leia, to circle back to five minutes ago, there's no interaction with other Star Wars people. No. So I assume I don't all you do. not think they met it, eye to eye. So assume all you do is, as old lady Versio, who's like forty-five, is go back and try to kill Hask because he killed your boyfriend sniper, whose name I don't remember. hmm uh-huh. Great, there with her digital daughter. It's like, oh, let's go avenge your father, and indeed you do. Yes. Terrific.
0: Although uh, the last level, I mean, I can imagine it's a real pain in the ass if you play it on hard. I thought it you w know, I thought it on easy was painting nice enough. Jeez. It's that difficult, trust me.
1: I'm very glad I didn't play it because I, I just hated that storyline so much. It was the bait and switch and that you play as different heroes, and it's just multiplayer shit. But then again it, it, it's 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 but then again, it's a, uh, go on, go on.
0: But then again I came in a game late, so I did not feel the bait and switch. This is all new to me.
1: I that's fair. But it's endemic of the DICE problem. Like, they just came out this past year with a different Star Wars game that I've yet to play, but Sizzy has. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order. It is not made by DICE, but in fact made by the people who made Titanfall. Respawn Entertainment. And apparently that's very good. And CISI had mostly positive things to say about it. Next time I have him on, we'll talk about it. Um, and because it's a Dark Souls-style game, even though I hesitate to use that terminology. Yikes. But he, for the most part, liked the characters and story, and I told an the original idea. So my point is that it's not a Star Wars video game problem. It's a dice problem. It is way past time to take this out of Dice's hands and to put it into someone else's. And with the turnover between Lucasfilm and Disney properties, they've canceled and started some projects and abandoned other projects and started then abandoned other projects. It's
0: stop and start again.
1: But EA owns the Star Wars license for video games. And EA owns Dice, so Dice is their main go-to for first person shooters. Okay, how about we make a Star Wars game that isn't a first person shooter? Those exist. There have been a uh, two dozen of them before the Disney acquisition. I'm not upset about new canon necessarily, not today anyways. I'm not upset about it's only first person shooters. I'm upset that a company with a track record of making bad storylines in their first person shooter video games. While
0: their multiplayer to... is highly praised.
1: To make another, the bad Star Wars first-person shooter game. Because DICE... Activision figured this out. DICE makes multiplayer games and they tack on the story. The story is unnecessary in Battlefront 2. The game would have been better served without it.
0: Just like it's predecessor. Call of,
1: yes. Call of Duty figured this out. they said, okay, we're just going to say fuck the story. I know they brought it back for the last game. Is that going to say fuck the story. Of black ops 4 right didn't have one it's like this is a multiplayer game no one gives a fuck about the story here have at it and i respect that because you realize you suck at storytelling and no one cares now a different team because they make a call of duty every year two or three different teams have to work on it um have different ideas and maybe they will you know for the next generation black ops 5 or whatever this year's call of duty game is going to be um they'll go back to not having a story i don't know but first-person shooters can have good storytelling; they just haven't for a long time. Do uh, you got any final things to say?
0: Uh, oh yeah, the plug in my YouTube channel, the Lord Master channel.
1: Yeah, I put that in the description.
0: Yeah, everybody knows the YouTube channel, and and I'm sure some people would probably would know what are my future plans on
1: on the YouTube channel. I'm going to assume more Crusader Kings.
0: Yeah, yes, uh, I'll get to that in a moment. I mean. For the month of March, I will be doing another Oregon Trail video, which, you know, they're insane, obviously, things I do. Very wacky. Uh, also, the Oregon Trail video, you know, the zombie apocalypse.
1: You know that's on consoles now. You don't have to do that on PC anymore. Really? Yeah. I gotta tell my friends about that.
0: <laughs> if the, if they're willing to name themselves after themselves or name them after me and then we all die or whatnot.
1: I don't think it's multiplayer, but it is Oregon Trail is on Xbox.
0: Have you had a chance to play it? Uh,
1: No, because it's old and ugly. And you wouldn't want to? As I've mentioned, it's too far back. I know it's a modern game, but it's made in the stylings of a DOS game from 1994. No thank you. (laughs) And
0: also, the future plans on YouTube would also include, um, eventually a second Battlefront 2 montage, easy for me to say, um, eventually. And, of course, Red Dead Random Clips with some of the wacky shit I do.
1: We didn't get a chance to talk any Red Dead today, but I've been slowly playing the storyline, and I'm still slowly playing it. It is a long, slow game. Mm-hmm.
0: Mighty fun game there.
1: A mighty slow game.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, also, uh, you mentioned Crusader Kings uh, Just a few days ago, before recording, I finished the, uh, the series called Chola, named after a Tamil dynasty, the Indian series, 67 episodes. Oh, sorry. Um. And the next series beginning on May 4th, Star Wars Day. Uh, which is Crusader Kings 2, the Sogdian Saga, where I will be playing as the Sogdian culture, which is of a Iranian culture. And I would be of the Zoroastrian faith.
1: Is this, prob- is this probably going to be your last big one before Crusader Kings 3?
0: Possibly. Uh, even one person recommended me that I should also do a... A Game of Thrones Crusader Kings 2 series, which I'm like, that's kind of too far for me to be thinking about that, because we've got the Sogdian one coming up next.
1: Also, you've literally never seen the show or read any of the books.
0: No, no, zero knowledge of the lore.
1: Well, I'll not speak of it, because Stizzy's a big fan, and uh, I'm not.
0: And and one more thing about the upcoming uh, Sogdian series is this one has some Star Wars inspiration behind it. And that's the reason why I chose May the 4th to be on the day for the first episode to be posted. Uh,
1: is
0: that it? Yeah, that's all I have in my mind.
1: Okay, well, thanks for recording this for me. It was me, Thomas. Same Uh, to you, (laughs) Loki. That's so weird, because you literally never call me that in real life. Of course, I literally never call you Thomas. Anyways.
0: Or Earl Uh, Drummond, my go-to alias.
1: Yeah, your real name, Earl Drum, Earl Thomas Drummond. That's why we don't like to use it in the real world. Because it's a fucking dumb name. Uh, next time we do the show, I know last time I promised something different, but then it didn't happen. Oh, man. So next time we'll do something different that I won't promise, uh, probably Stizzy will be back on, or maybe Rob, or maybe both, or maybe neither. Maybe I'll do a solo show where I just yell for 30 minutes again. That'll be fun. No hey. uh, No promises. Uh, Thanks for listening. Good night and goodbye or good morning or whenever you're listening to this. Good evening.